Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for today. We thank you for your sweet word. Sweet Holy Spirit, have your way in us, Lord. Speak to us. Feed us, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible here, kindly lift it. If you have a Bible here, can you lift your Bible? No, if your Bible is on your phone, you can lift your phone. But open the Bible up. Amen. I left my fiscal Bible in the car, so my Bible is here. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I do what it says I should do. As the preacher man, preacher man is about to minister, about to minister the, word of God. the word of God. My mind is alert. My mind is alert. My heart is open. My heart is open to receive the word of God. To receive the word of In God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. How many of us have our Bible? Oh, please, let's not be clapping. Let's shop. How many of us have our Bible, our, our notebooks here? Forgive. Please, if you come to church, come with a notebook. Always come with a notebook to take down notes. Amen. All right. Now, today, the topic Amen. for today is, please don't touch the mic. I leave it the way it is. The topic for today is pruning the path, of divine, the path to divine harvest. So, pruning the path to divine harvest. Amen. Amen. Now, to prune means Amen. cutting away dead or outgrown branches or stems, especially to encourage growth. So pruning means to cut away dead branches, overgrown branches, or stems, to especially to encourage growth. Now the reason why God prunes is to encourage growth. The reason why the farmer cuts or prunes is to encourage growth. And the reason for encouraging growth is because the farmer expects a harvest. Now the theme for our month is spiritual alignment and divine harvest. Many a time, anytime a believer hears harvest, what comes to your mind is what you are going to receive from God. Every single time we talk about harvest in a church, in a garden where believers are there, tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, please stay awake in church. Neighbor, brother, I know you had a long night, but stay awake in church for me, okay? This word is for you. Many, anytime a believer comes to church and they mention divine harvest, whatever, what comes to your mind first is that God has come to give me something. And most of the time we have, we have we have belittled, not, not belittled, we have insulted harvest by limiting it to receiving a wife, receiving a car, receiving money as harvest. Now the thing is this, if you have no idea, let's open our Bible to John chapter 1 verse 1, John 15 verse 1, John 15 verse 1. <coughs> yes, please, can we read John chapter 15 verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Amen. Let's pause there. He says, oh, he, this is Christ just speaking, that he, Christ, is the true vine, and his father is a vine dresser. Other version says his father is a husband man. That's what stands for farmer. His father is the one. So God the father is actually, the, is actually a farmer. If you don't know, God is a farmer. Yeah. And in this kingdom, in his domain, the field, the plants that he's planted or he has already planted is Christ Jesus. There is no other plant in this field except Christ Jesus. Right. 
and Christ is the vine. But something beautiful happens. Let's go to verse 2. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he takes away. And every bears fruit, he prunes. Just read the first step. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The mic continue. And every branch that bears fruit, he Go to verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Continue. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. All right. Go back to verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. What There's a verse what, that I'm the vine and you are the branches. Verse 5, read. I am the vine, you are the branches. All right, just stop there. I am the vine and you are the branches. Now Christ Jesus is the vine and you are the branches. Now a vine, most of the time when we talk about vine, they are a category or species of plants that creep. They don't really grow up tall like a a mango tree or a pawpaw or a, uh, what do you say? Neem tree, cocoa tree. Right, most of the time vines creep. Right? So a watermelon is a vine plant. It's a species, it's part of the vine. You get it? But here we are talking about the vine that produces grapes. So that one it grows a bit tall, but the branches creep. So when it comes to a period where you want to maximize growth, you get if you realize those who have gone to farms before that have such plants, they put a stick there to support it so that the branch doesn't touch the ground, but that it's elevated so that it can be fruitful. You get it? Now, on the, when it comes to the vine, the part of the vine that bears the fruit is the branch. So when Christ is saying that he is a vine and you are the branches, what he's in, in essence saying to you and I is that when it comes to harvest, you are the one that bears the fruit. Not him. You, the believer, who has been engrafted into Christ Jesus, the very day you gave your life to Jesus Christ is the very day you became a branch. Because you got engrafted into the true vine. So first thing, a few things you must note, note again before I continue. That God is a farmer and he, he expects harvest. Christ is the plant or the vine and you are the branch. So when God comes, as we are hearing spiritual alignment for a, and divine harvest, what God has in mind is that you are the one he's coming for a harvest from. You understand? You are the one he demands and expects a harvest from. Amen. Let's continue. Those who, who, who tuned online during uh, Kingdom Mindset service on Thursday, I made a statement that when it comes to harvest, it's the seed time that determines the harvest period. When I say that, this is what I'm trying to say. The harvest is required for matured plants. You don't go to a seedling demanding a harvest. Because it's when you have reached the fullness of your potential immaturity or growth that from then you must bear fruit. Do you understand? So when you plant a plant today, and let's say the period of, of, of maturity is three years, you come after three years, then they begin to bear fruit, and then in the third year, within that period, you go for a harvest. You don't go to the plant for a harvest when it's year one or year two. So in essence, the seed time of a plant determines the harvest because every plant has a period where it goes through to reach maturity. 
then begin to bear fruit for a harvest to be required from it. Are you following me? So when I say the seed time normally determines the harvest, that's what I mean. And so if the harvest period, if the seed time of corn is April and the harvest of corn is September, October, right? And you are not corn, but you are mango. When they are reaping harvest from corn in October, don't worry because your own is December. Are we understanding? Are we understanding? Now, back to what I was saying. God demands a harvest from you and I. The very day you became born again into the kingdom of God was your seed time. The day you said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior, was the exact time that you, God planted you into his kingdom. Now the question to you and I is this. Ever since you became born again, has God ever gotten a harvest from you at the period that he designated for you to produce a harvest? Let's go to Hebrews chapter um, hmm, 5. I, I hope it's 5. 5 verse 12 and 13. Hebrews 5, 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 and 13. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Let's, let's start from verse 12 again. Verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Amen. Let's pause there. From the day they became born again, there was a period where God required that they would have reached maturity when now they begin to bear fruit. What's the fruit? Discipleship. The place where they begin to also teach others. Says that for though by this time you ought to have been teachers, you desire again that what? You need someone to teach you. Again. You need someone to teach you again. You gave your life to God five years ago, and you still cannot even teach a Sunday school person about what it means to be a child of God and work in the kingdom. You gave your life to God five years ago, and every time you open your mouth, the only prayer you pray is about me, myself, and I. When this kingdom, the language of this kingdom is others. The first time someone lifted up his voice and began to change the script of the kingdom, he was cast down. That was Lucifer. When he began to lift his tongue up, and what the, the, his tongue raised up with only one voice, self, me, I, I, I. When God talks about harvest, the harvest he's talking about is the harvest that will benefit the totality of his kingdom. And the language of his kingdom, one, is others. Ever since you became born again, 10 years ago you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you still struggle to go to the Holy Ghost about every single thing about life and godliness. You always make mistakes before you learn. But in the kingdom, we are not called and designed to make mistakes before we learn. In fact, the very first person that instituted that was Adam. And after the fall, that became a pattern. But you and I in Christ Jesus, we do not learn from our mistakes. We learn from the Holy Ghost. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Holy Ghost does not need mistakes to teach you. If only you listen to him, you will not even fall into that trap in the first place. Are we understanding something? That's a mistake many of us are making. 
When God says he demands a harvest, this is what I mean. Let's read Hebrews chapter, we'll come back to Hebrews chapter 5. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. And I, I, I require a New Living Translation, NLT. Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 to 11. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is... God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children. Pause. God disciplines all of his children. One of the tools that God uses for pruning is God rebuke, discipline, chastisement. Let's continue. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate. And are not really his children at all. Pause. You claim to be born again, but your entire life, God has never disciplined you before. Your salvation. You claim to be born again, but yet you are so gossiping and you have never ever felt a prompting within, a check within that you are going off. Check your salvation. Because in this kingdom, every time God loves you, he disciplines you. He corrects you. He corrects you. You may not hear it, but he will correct you. You have been born again, and you are, you are still enjoying fornication, and you have still not had a prompting within that this is wrong. Check. You may be perhaps, per adventure, you are not really born again. Because this is what, every child, everyone he calls his child, he disciplines. Let's continue. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirit and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Amen. Amen. One of the harvest, one of the things that God wants to harvest from you is righteousness, is right living. It is right living. This is one of the things that God wants to harvest from you. There is a right living when it comes to being a husband in marriage. There is a right living when it comes to being a wife in marriage. There is a right living when it comes to being a colleague at work or being the boss at work. There is a right living when it comes to being in church. There is a right living that when it comes to being in, in office, in governmental office, being a politician. There is a right living when it comes to starting your own business or working your career path or in school. There is a right living God requires from you, and that is the harvest he's looking for. So everything he does is to ensure that you grow so that wherever you find yourself, when the world looks at you, they see the harvest that he desires, the harvest of his righteousness. Amen. Amen. But the way we are quiet is like, we are quiet. You are soaking the word. My goodness. Hallelujah. Jump soaking the word. Amen. Amen. One of the ways that God will discipline you, one of the ways that God will pun you is by discipline, rebuke. 
God requires a harvest from you and I. Everything, and let me tell you something. The only thing that God requires or wants to see at the end of your existence on this life, on this plane called earth, all of us know that we are time bound, right? Yeah. But many of us, when you talk about judgment day, you are looking about and then no. The day you die immediately, you are going to be judged. So your judgment day is a second away. How many of us know when we will die? By God's grace, everyone in this ministry will grow old before we go home. Amen. What it means is that you will fulfill your destiny and assignments before Amen. you go home. Amen. Every one Amen. of us. But you know that judgment is when you die. Immediately after you die, there's judgment. So are you ready? You see, when Joseph, let's go to uh, some, I wrote it down, Psalm 105, verse 16 to 22. Psalm 105, verse 16 to 22. Don't you can read it in any version you want. Psalm 105, verse 16 to 22. He called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to Egypt, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. He could instruct the king's aides as he pleaded and teach, as he pleased and teach the king's advisers. Let's stop there. Amen. Amen. So st- please read again. Let's start from the top 16, right? From verse 16. Yeah. Psalm 105, verse 16. Come to, uh, okay, start from 17 from to ve- 17, 17, 18, and 19. From 17. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Amen. Until the time came for the Lord to fulfill his dreams, for Joseph to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested his character. The Lord pruned his character. The Lord pruned his character. He took away everything that will make Joseph unfruitful when he gets to Egypt as a prime minister. Could it be the reason why there's a delay in the manifestation of God's prophetic word over your life is because you are failing the test of pruning? And let me say this. Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 26. It's, very, it's a long read. When it comes to pruning, it's also time-bound. Many of us are not aware of this. When it comes to pruning, it's also time-bound. God will not bear with your... With your with your unbelief and your unrighteousness and your stubbornness for, 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 for eternity. It is time bound. Please just read. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. Yes. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For, forever since the world was created... People have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, 
his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they would, wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That amen. Is, amen. Just of that. All right. So God gave them over. God held their minds and kept them from going to the extreme. But they kept probing and pushing and rejecting God's counsel. And they got to a time God left them over to their sinful desires. And the result was ghastly. They exchanged the natural ways of their body for abomination. And they suffered the consequences in their body. All I'm saying this morning is that God requires a harvest from you. You and I, we are God's branch. And he requires a harvest from you. Let me make a, let me make a statement. In essence, eh, God does not really care about you. He cares about seeing Christ in you. He cares about you becoming Christ. His purpose. In essence, eh, God doesn't really care about your comforts. He cares only about his word. Because if he has put his word above his name, what makes you think he will put you above his word? God has hung his integrity on his, his word standing. Sure. What makes you think he will put his word aside, which he has banked his integrity on, and pick you? There's an error in our generation where it's as if people are, are, this, are defining who God is. And so it's like they pick a particular aspect of that they have seen that God showed someone, and then they make it the totality of who God is. There's an error. The same Robin Hughes who can smile with you can also show you another side of him where you're not like, when you misbehave. The same God who gave Christ Jesus, Christ himself said that, Charlie, if he thinks about the, the judgment day and what the Father is, is a day of terror. God wants a harvest from you and I. And let me ask you a question. If you have a farm and then after 10 years, the tree has grown old, you know that the tree is supposed to give you fruit after in, uh, uh, in the fifth year. And then after, after the fifth year of maturity, it's cyclical. Every year, it gives you a harvest. How many of us have mango trees in our houses? You know, when mango tree grows to maturity, it gives you a harvest first. And then now, it's cyclical now. When every year is a harvest you get from mango tree. You have planted a, be- have planted a tree and it's reached maturity, right? It's not giving you a harvest before. Year 10, it's not giving you a harvest. Year 15, will you continue to support that tree on your land? Well, think about it. Will you continue to support that tree on your land? 
in year six, you are still giving him a new buying a water tank. You've bought a weedy sites, herbicides, insecticides, all the sites. To ensure productivity, you've even gone to Germany, gone to, you've gone to you know, Israel to go and look at their farming techniques on how to maximize potential in a dying plant. You come and implement that. It's not working. You hear that in America, there's a new technology. It's an app. When you, when you scan the, the tree with the app, it will bear fruit. You have done it. It's not, it's not working. You hear that Osofo Kid has come with a new technology. Well, that one, you just need to put speakers by the tree and play a particular song, worship song. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. By in the, after the 30th after the minute of hey, yeah, yeah, the tree will bear fruit. You have done everything, it's not bearing fruit. Will you continue to keep that tree on the land? At a point, God, the tree's shade will annoy you. The, the shade of the tree will annoy you. Beloved, God requires a harvest from you and I. At every stage, there is something he wants. And there's a harvest of a godly character. Where when you stand in, in, in Pharaoh's Egypt, and you are given the position of authority, you know he adding zeros. Because in the kingdom, there's something called integrity. There's something called honor. There's something called the fear of God, which orders your life to not, veer, not to veer against God's will. When you become a, husband, a wife, a husband, you will not lift your hand and slap because you know that God has never slapped you before upon all your foolishness. When 1 Corinthians 13 says what? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is what? Love is not envy. You know that he, for, in 1 John 4, for God is love. And so if 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the realities of love, and Galatians 5 talks about the realities of love, then everywhere you stand, that's what must issue out of you. Every time an opportunity comes in life where someone annoys you, what must come out of you is patience. Because love is patient and kind. When you are being framed, or, or, or when, when someone brings gossip, you know that love that love rejoices with truth. So you walk away from such an environment. Beloved, God wants a harvest from you and I. And the reason for spiritual alignment is because he's, there is something he wants from you. Something he wants from you. Some of you, and the thing is this. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm ending. Not every, let me make this statement carefully. There are some of you here, the assignment God has given you is to be a Mary, where you give birth and raise a child, raise that destiny up to become who they are called to be, like an Elizabeth. There are some of you here, God has called you to serve in this, in this temple, like Zachariah. Some of you, God has called you to be a, 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 a Daniel, that you will be in Babylon. You get it? You'll be in Babylon, seven there. Some of you, God has called you to be a Joseph. What was Joseph's name? What was the name that was given? Zephanet Pania. Yeah. <laughs> God has called you to be a Joseph in Egypt. When you get there, do not let the wine of the king's table make you drunk and forget that even there, God wants a harvest from you. 
God's kingdom must move, must expand. And you are the agent that God is going to use to expand his kingdom. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Believe you are blessed. And though you guys are quiet, it's as if, it's as if you are blessing, blessing. Oh. And let me tell you something. God loves you so much. There is no way God will watch you feel. He loves you so much. That is why God will do everything in his power to ensure that you don't fail. Beloved, God has given you the Holy Spirit who will guide you and lead you into all truth. God has given you his angels to minister to you the air of salvation. God has given you his word to prune you, sharpen you, and give you instruction, and build you and give you an inheritance. There is no way you can fail. Yeah. All you have to do is to open your heart to the ways of God and align. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message, share it with someone so they can be blessed too. We look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at Zion Impact Ministries.